Hello and welcome to another Open Aperture Photography Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about photographing birds. Light is the single most important thing photographers need to understand and how much of it to let in your camera is essential for good photography and getting a great image. But given this, I would say light is closely followed by getting sharpness, focus and clarity in the image as the next most important things to get right. In my pursuit of trying to capture birds, it's been the single most frustrating thing to look at in the edit suite at the end of a shoot. The bird you've spent minutes, hours, even several days following, in the case of a local kingfisher, to try and get that perfect shot, can be spoiled by the image not being perfectly sharp. Understanding the basic settings of your camera can be key to getting successful action or still bird shot. To begin with, knowing a bird's behaviour and having a feel for the environment you're in are hugely important for getting that perfect shot of your subject in focus and lit so the image is properly exposed. All birds behave differently. Some will flee at the sight of you, others will look at you curiously and potentially see you as a food source. Others will just go about their business high above you. So your proximity to the bird during this behaviour can be the biggest benefit to the type of shot you want. Too close and the bird may scare, but also the bird may suddenly spread its wings in readiness for flight and a closely cropped image, because you're too close, may cut off some of the wing. You may need to back off a little in your proximity so the image has room to breathe. Only in post-production edits will you find that in the 10 shots you manage to get of the swan taking off, the one that is sharply in focus is the one with the half wing missing. So understand the behaviour and take time to observe it and judge through experience where it's best to locate yourself to give you a frame shot that will work for the location you are in. I've spent many thousands of hours doing photography the list of things I've photographed is large. With landscapes, for example, the subject conveniently stays in the same place for long periods in order for me to get the shot I want. I can take my time getting the right lens fitted, focus on the spot I want to highlight, go to live view on my camera screen, select manual focus, zoom in, all of these things so that the image is pin sharp in my display. All this while the camera is resting steadily on a tripod and using a timer to trigger the release for the shutter so that removes all movement. As I first began photographing birds, I quickly realised that most of that technique was being thrown out of the window. When I get to the location I'm shooting in, I may not have an idea where the bird is going to be initially. Will it be near or far? So what lens should I attach? Is it going to flee quickly? And so do I manage to get a shot where the settings on my camera are correct? Most birds in flight or their sudden movement 
will need around a thousandth of a second shutter speed to freeze that movement sufficiently. This needs to be pretty quick to avoid any possible camera shake or blur in the image. Now remember, I may not be using a tripod because I don't know where the bird may be. I could be waiting in a hide, which is an exception to that, but then that's a small window of direction that you're looking at the bird and you may not be in the right place for the right shot. We could use a monopod to help steady the camera and to reduce camera shake. At around a thousandth of a second, there's not much light being let into the camera. So in order to overcome this, I need to make the aperture wide enough to let some more light in. The F number on the camera will allow me to dictate the width at which the lens opens to let the light through for our fraction of a second. To tackle the issue of sharpness and focus, or lack of it in some cases, these are my recommendations. Start with autofocus and have the dots on your viewfinder light up where the subject is and half press the shutter. This can, in a lot of cases, be the best option for focusing. But in my experience, the camera doesn't know where or what the object is that you're looking at to capture. I took a shot of a grey heron recently and the heron was sat behind the reeds on the waterside. Using autofocus, the camera naturally just wanted to pick up on the reeds in front of the heron, but using manual focus allowed me to change that focus and go through the reeds, making the reeds blurry in front with the heron sharp in the background. So I don't think there's a problem in taking five or 10 or even 20 images of the same shot, micro adjusting the lens as you shoot each one. I don't like the term spray and pray. Uh, this is where some photographers have to take 50 shots and pray one of them will come out right. And in it, there is some form of photographic derision that does extend to this from some quarters. So yeah, it might be true, but 45 of them may also come out right and have the bird in different actions. So give it a try, just keep shooting and see what you get. So a quick tip, if you are gonna take a lot of shots in very quick succession, is that when you half press your shutter button and then go to full press to take the shot, that first shot is potentially going to have the most camera shake that you're going to have as your finger is, uh, the movement of your finger is going to cause the camera to shake. So the subsequent shots after that shouldn't be affected so much by the shake because your hand is now still and you're taking a lot of shots. The second reason to use burst mode in that example is that if you are using a mirrored camera, the mirror is already opened up to expose the sensor on the first shot. And when you're continuing to take the shots, the mirror is not going to cause any further vibration inside the camera. Again, helping you to try and keep that nice sharpness within the image. So let's take a moment then to consider the focal length of the lens that you're using. You're going to need a minimum of 200 millimeters to be in with a good chance of getting a good shot in the wild. Even longer than that, if you have that lens option, um, 300, 500, something like that. The further away the object is, the more you're going to need to use a longer lens to get a good clean shot. If you're using a DSLR type of camera, try using the mode that allows the shutter speed adjustment. This then allows your edit wheel to click between your thousands of a second stops and may influence the light a little better on the shot that you're after. 
Once in the edit suite, you'll then know which one has worked for you. At the end of the day, you could always hang a bird feeder in your garden and sit with the window open and a cup of tea and shoot whatever comes along. But there can be no substitute for getting out there and trying it in the field. Getting a shot of a duck on a quiet lake is very different from shooting diving gannets from a boat. To gain as much experience as you can in as many situations as you can manage. And that's essential for good bird photography. If nothing else, it's always going to be a life enriching experience that can only be gained by being in nature. So thanks very much for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you'd like to see some of my bird photography, please visit my website, which is mikemalloy.photography. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Malloy Photo. And I'll see you on the next one.